Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <laughs> Tommy, Ocean Chinook or Puget Sound Coho? What is your palate favorite? And you drop yeah. that kokanee on top of that barn door halibut's head. 67 feet of water, and he was not happy about that. Well, I don't know. What do you think? Boxers or briefs? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a, a European cut speedo. Fantastic. Excellent choice. I yeah. love tuna. I do love tuna. Heck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I have a buddy who refers to Canadian geese as flying carp. Obviously, he's not cooking. <laughs> <laughs> he clearly... Right? Oh, ocean snook. Seriously? Hands down. Really? Hands down. I don't fish for coho. Ah, good point. Hey, speaking of grind, can you tell the difference between ground deer and ground elk? Honestly, taste the difference. You know, Dwayne, we only get one chance to live this life. Mm-hmm. And you will always regret the things that you don't do. So you know what I tell people? Buy the damn boat. Hey, you know, the facts are some days are just a grind. Welcome to Fish on Northwest, the number one fishing and hunting talk show throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Now here is your host, Dwayne England, and of course, the infamous Tommy Donlan. Hey, good evening. Welcome to Fish on Northwest, Dwayne England here in studio, coming to you live from the Fish on Northwest studio, 6 o'clock Thursday evening. So we're off and running, and yes, flying solo, Tommy, unfortunately not here. Not his fault this time. There is a... Um, there's a bit of a stomach bug apparently going around now. He already had it. He was taken down a couple weeks ago, as we all know, by young Thomas. But tonight, not his fault. Uh, Shing is the one to blame. Unfortunately, Sherry is uh, down with the stomach bug. Tommy said, I want nothing to do with that. So you're on your own. I said, okay. Got a great show lined up. We can manage. We're going to get through this. No problem. Lots of great content tonight. As we move on through the evening, people signing on here, that's always great to see. So you guys uh, continue to post your questions throughout the night. We'll get to those as much as I can. Uh, Running down the show lineup, we have uh, Karsten McIntosh. You guys are familiar with him. He's been on the show before, Director of Communications with the Northwest Marine Trade Association. Are you fishing the Everett Coho Derby? If not, you should pay attention to what he has to say. And I'm pretty sure you'll get signed up and take full advantage of the final derby on the salmon or fishing uh, Northwest Fishing Derby Series this season. Uh, Moving on from there, hey, I jumped out to the coast this week after that rain. We talked about it last week. Lots of great opportunity on the coastal tributary with the influx of fish and the weather that we had. I'm going to fill you in on all the details on how that went and, more importantly, what's to come just around the corner here as we approach October. We do have some rain coming. The rivers are going to rise. We'll get into all the details in that regard and set you up for success as the week rolls in. Uh, after that, going to get Tom Ryle, my good friend Tom Ryle, no stranger to the studio, on the phone, Pacific Northwest bow hunting. You know we're in that transitional phase here, last day of archery, and as we roll into the first day of muzzleloader uh, for deer and muzzleloader for elk is the 2nd of October through the 8th. We have some great uh, information coming from Tom this evening. If you think you're going to put away your bugle, because you're picking up the muzzleloader for elk, you're going to be mistaking. Pay attention to what Tom has to say later on. Going to get you squared away in this transitional time. And if you are packing around a multi-season tag, this information is definitely for you in both the uh, realm of uh, archery and, of course, muzzleloader opportunity on, on deer and elk. Dan Ayers is going to join us. He's the WDFW 
Coastal Shellfish Program Manager. How many clams are out there in the beaches, in the sand? I mean, in excess of 20 million, if you can believe it. We're going to talk to Dan as to why there's so many clams. How about the opportunity that we have 62 plus days, not to mention bag limits of 20. Dan's going to get us uh, up to speed on some of the science behind the number of clams on the Washington beaches and why it's such a great time of year to get out there and how to do it safely. Winding up the show, a couple topics that I'm a little passionate about. Uh, Continue to follow the information that comes out. One of them on our Northwest issue with hoof rot disease as it relates to almost every elk herd in the state with the exception of two. And uh, some of the uh, recent research coming out of WSU, when I get a hold of new information in the realm of science and uh, something like hoof rot in our elk herds, this is something I pay attention to. want to bring that information to you folks because uh, it's pretty compelling. And of course also, if you follow what's going on with our orcas and the amount of fish that's being produced in an effort to help our orcas out over the next several years, it's kind of uh, interesting in that hey, we're getting a bunch of salmon for the orcas, but oh wait, just because there's all these extra fish being put in doesn't necessarily mean we are going to always have opportunity to go harvest. If the numbers come in at a certain level, they have enacted a uh, policy now, uh, which I'm going to review with you folks, um, that could keep us off the water at certain times of the year in preservation of the orcas. So lots of salmon being produced doesn't always equate to the fact that we get opportunity going into this thinking we would, but... Uh, we'll see where this goes. Interesting stuff to wind up the show. So uh, we are going to get through this. Lots of topics, lots of guests, lots of uh, insightful information this evening. want to remind everybody, hey, if you haven't taken time to do so, jump on over to our webpage, www.fishhuntnw.com. Check out our merchandise online store. Everything remains 20% off as we're getting rid of a lot of our Uh, inventory, making room for new items coming up, new logos and patterns and things that we're going to be printing here in the very near future, new series of hats, new line of hats, all that. 20% off um, on everything currently in inventory sizes. Uh, We're running through sizes here pretty quick, so if you're looking for something specific, get on our messenger via Facebook and uh, hit up Sherry. She will steer you in the right direction to get exactly what it is you're looking for. Hopefully we have it there for you. So, uh, keep the questions coming this evening. Going to answer as many as I can as we get through the, the night here. Lots of folks jumping on. Appreciate all the compliments. Um, yep, uh, Tommy is not with me this evening. No big deal. He's probably watching, and who knows, he may even pick up the phone. But with that, have a number of guests lined up. So looking forward to getting them on the phone and walking you guys through some of the opportunities coming within the next week or two. I get really excited this time of year. Uh, as we start looking forward to our tributary fisheries. But before we even jump there, man, there are so many coho out there in Puget Sound right now. It is absolutely on fire. Guys have been messaging me throughout the week asking if I was going to be able to fish the derby. Wished I was up there this next weekend fishing that derby. It is such a great event. And we'll get into that later on here in a little bit with Carson. But I'm telling you, there's so many coho. I'll be, uh, be curious to see what size of coho is going to win that thing the amount of prizes the amount of money the boat all that's coming together so tell you what we're going to do we're going to jump out for a quick break uh stick with us through a couple minute break here rapid fire got a lot of content to cover we're going to jump out for a break we come back carson mcintosh is going to be on the phone with us and we're going to break it down this ever coho derby and why you should be there don't go anywhere stick with us we'll be right back here at fish on northwest Science Marine is the one-stop shop for the Pacific Northwest Angler. 
Whether you are looking for a small skiff to fish the sound or rivers or a huge offshore tuna machine, Defiance Marine has it. At Defiance Marine, be sure to power your boat with a Honda Outboard Package. Take advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty on your Honda Outboards. Our service department is always here to help and serve you as the customer. Did you know Defiance Marine has boat financing experts to help get you the best term rates on your new boat purchase? If you need financing for that new boat, call us today. We guarantee the best price, best service on a repower for your current boat. Defiance Marine is a Honda Premier dealership and one of the largest on the West Coast. Defiance Marine also carries all the gear that you will need. Everything from auxiliary kicker motors to fishing tackle and bait. Defiance Marine has certified technicians that are top-notch at their job. Some of the best in the Pacific Northwest at evaluating your boat issues and problems. Stop in today or give us a call for all your needs at Defiance Marine. Today, the need for quality private security services is at an all-time high. Contract Security Service provides day-to-day -day peace of mind as they protect people and property. Here at Phoenix, we provide service for multiple state and federal contracts with services ranging from uniform, patrol, alarm monitoring, canine detection, executive protection, as well as investigative work. Phoenix client management models are built on understanding our client's security needs and responding with a tailored program that is best fit for them. Phoenix provides excellent customer service through well-trained, highly motivated security professionals. Recruiting highly qualified officers is the first step in building a strong team. Currently, we are comprised of 70% prior law enforcement and military veterans. If you are prior military or law enforcement, go to www.phoenixprotectivecorps.com and apply today. Hey, welcome back to Fish Out Northwest, Wayne England, and my current guest on the phone, Carson McIntosh, Communications Director, Northwest Marine Trade Association. Got stuck at work today, didn't get to go fishing, but I think he's still in a pretty good mood. How are you doing, Carson? I'm doing great. It's uh, one of my favorite weeks of the year. It's Derby Boat Giveaway Week. Yeah, it is Derby I, uh, Boat Giveaway. I enjoy giving these boats away every year, so yeah. I'm really excited for uh, this weekend's Derby. Well, you know, the weather looks to be, you know, pretty decent getting through the Derby. We may have a little rain coming in, a little change that I'll get into later on. But uh, let's talk about the abundance of fish. Before we delve into the whole Derby conversation, let's talk about the abundance of fish of coho in Puget Sound, in that central area, you know, north area where folks are going to be targeting these coho for the Derby. What are you seeing out there, man? Are you impressed with the number of fish or what? Oh, my. It has been phenomenal coho fishing the last few weeks. Um, from from Muckleteo to Shipwreck, uh, north into Area Nine, and, and all the way down from Edmonds to, to West Point, Meadow Point, and Seattle area, just phenomenal coho fishing. Um, yeah, I was I, I was out you know pretty much every day last week, and there was many times where the guests on my boat said, uh, "Man, I haven't seen it like this in years." Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it couldn't be better. And then you know, got some nice sunshine coming in for this weekend, and. Perfect timing for uh, for the Derby this weekend. Well, you know, we got that freshwater extension, too, through the 26th. So some of those freshwater <clears throat> uh, options for, you know, folks fishing on the bank or drift boats or whatever and lower systems, they're going to be able to catch some of those bigger fish that, you know, it has it has happened in the past where some of those bigger fish come out of those tributary portions of those systems and they show up and they, uh, they place high, if not win that Derby. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that's interesting about the Everco Derby. It's a uh, saltwater and freshwater event. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd say uh, very frequently the winning fish comes out of the, the one of these North River systems, um, you know, Snohomish and, and beyond. So yeah. um, that's a really neat part about this derby. Yeah, so uh, it kicks off tomorrow, the 26th. It's a two-day event, 25th and 26th, Friday, Saturday, uh, with the awards happening Saturday afternoon, which is just a phenomenal event if persons haven't attended that. So there's still time to purchase tickets as early as tomorrow morning and jump in on the Derby, can't you? Yeah, actually, the the event is Saturday, Sunday. Oh, I'm sorry. I said Friday. Yeah, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. 25, yeah. 26, 25 Saturday, 26, Sunday. Yes. yes. Derby, Derby tickets are on sale. Um, you can get them online simply at evercoderby.com or they're at uh, a number of different retailers, Sportco, Outdoor Emporium, Holiday Sports, Triangle Tackle, Sportsman's Warehouse, uh, Three Rivers over in Woodenville, and then all the, the usual Everett Johns, John Sporting Goods, Everett Bayside Marine, Harbor Marine, Performance Marine. Yeah, yeah, lots of support, lots of participating agencies, and helping get the ticket sales up. Uh, yes, 25, 26, Saturday, Sunday, just for clarification. And um, what are you thinking for participation? Do you guys think the turnout's going to be pretty uh, pretty good size this year? Typically, that, that has a tremendous draw. Yeah, absolutely. There's a reason we love giving the boat away at this derby every year. I mean, you know, many years we're over 2,000 anglers. Right. Um, and with this weather and with the coho fishing being being so good right now, I would uh, I would expect to hit 2,000 anglers, which uh, would bring our total to about 9,000 anglers from the uh, 2020 to 2021 Derby Series that'll be entered to win that Kingfisher 2025 hardtop. Yeah, um, I want to remind folks <clears throat> we had you on last year towards the end of the Derby Series as well, reminding everybody that due to COVID and the lack of derbies that folks had access to. Uh, you guys held on to that boat for one additional year. Nothing wrong with that. Um, you guys and the crew have been out there putting a little extra blood in it, putting a little time on the motors, making sure they're good and broke in, making sure all the electronics work. The thing is dialed in, uh, catching fish like crazy, and that lands in the hands of a participant in any of the derbies, including those final derbies of last season. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. If you've fished in any of the Northwest Fishing Derby Series events in 2020 or this past year, mm-hmm. uh, for every derby you fished in, you have an entry to win the boat. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, if, if, you, if you would, explain the team option or the team opportunity for persons to get in on that as well. Yeah, the team tournament is really cool. Um, it's uh, sponsored by Boat Insurance Agency, four people, and the coolest part about it is you don't have to be on the same boat. So if, if your good buddy or someone you know who catches a lot of fish or catches big fish is on a different boat, you can team up with him and go into sort of a little bit of a side pot. Um, what it is, is is pick four people. Like I said, they don't have to be on the same boat, um, and but they can only be on one team during the tournament. And the uh, largest fish caught by each team is divided by the total number of team members for the average team weight. Mm. And uh, depending on how many people buy into the team tournament, that pot can be really nice. Yeah. It's definitely a great way to win some extra cash, no doubt. Cover more than your expenses and take home a pretty healthy chunk of change, you know, per participant. So, nice little side pot yeah. going in that regard for sure. What, uh, where are the weigh-in locations, <clears throat> and what time do folks need to be there for final weigh-in, uh, getting fish in before the buzzer on Sunday? So the the weigh-ins are at Everett and Edmonds. Um, uh, 
at Edmonds, it's down right by the uh, the um, the haul out dock, and at Everett, it's um, kind of by the uh, the um, the boatyard there. If you've been to the Everett Coho Derby before, yeah. Um, the WAN actually, I would encourage folks to check the Everett Coho Derby website for that. Um, I would hate to say something wrong on that and, sure. and have folks running in with a winning fish. Um, so, so head to EverettCoHoDerby.com and you can see all the information there. Um, including the prizes. I want to make sure that we, we don't um, not mention these amazing prizes. This this derby is known for having prizes through, you know, hundreds and two hundreds. I don't even know how to say that place. I mean, they have hundreds of prizes. Right. So I encourage everybody to, to weigh in a fish, whether they think it's a winner or not. Um, you know, and then obviously, you know, first place, first place fish is, is $10,000. Um, second place, $5,000. Third place, 2500 and fourth place a thousand and they also have uh, three kids division um so up i can't re- losing you a little bit carson hope you're losing me yeah just briefly yeah. there you you got into the kids derby portion of that or the kids uh classes and then also we we lost you for a minute <clears throat> yeah so what what i was saying is um there's just an infinite number of prizes so I encourage everybody to weigh in a fish no matter um, if they think it's a winner or not. It'll probably be a winner of a prize. Yeah, that's a very good point. I often encourage folks, if you're into this derby, entering into this derby, do not hesitate to weigh in six and seven pound fish because as you alluded to, the prize pack, uh, prizes available all spread out there on the warehouse floor. I mean, uh, the last time we were up there a couple of years ago and I think Sherry entered a fish that was seven and a half pounds. She ended up 140, 150th down the line, but she took home a brand new crab pot. I mean, the the numbers are staggering in the amount of prizes laid out on the floor and how many people leave early thinking they're not going to win anything, and then they they just leave uh, they just leave prizes there on the floor. So, um, right, and of course, the drawing for the grand prize boat is at the end of the award ceremony. The very well, end, yes. You want to hear that? Yeah. Yeah, talk um, a little bit about that boat. Uh, power plant on it, electronics, downriggers, the whole shebang. Oh man, it's uh, it's dialed in Kingfisher 2025 Escape hardtop with the closing bulkhead door. It's uh, it absolutely screams out on the water with a Yamaha 200 99 uh, trolling motor, easy loader trailer, um, and it's totally right to the max with uh, the shock seats. Yeah, uh, Scotty Downriggers, beautiful Raymarine electronics package, uh, dual electronic stereo, custom Hudat tower. Yeah, um, which which even has the Derby Series logo engraved on the side, and just totally luxe uh, uh, kitted out with Bernawin accessories, um, including a fillet table. So it's I, I really can't think of anything the boat doesn't have. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's it's pretty decked out. So, the Ray Marine Electronics yeah. package and the uh, the shock seats. I have those in my boat. Let me tell you, that's a game changer, man. That, a little rough oh, water. Yeah. You're riding in comfort for sure. Uh, that is, you are. That, yeah. It's nice to know you guys pop those in there. Um, yeah. As we move forward, so uh, the Northwest Marine Trade Association. This is the last year of you folks pulling together and, and putting that boat up. But we got to remind folks the derbies are going to continue. You guys are just pulling back away from, but the derbies are going to continue. Talk a little bit about, you know, reminding folks that hey, these derbies are going to continue, and and by entering them. They are they are helping out who? Absolutely, you know. So yeah, so most of the derby 
uh, put on in the area are put on by individual entities. Um, my organization, the Northwest Marine Trade Association, we don't actually produce any derbies. We just package them all together and promote them as a whole. Yeah. Um, so please, um, you know, don't think that because the grand prize boat and the fishing derby series is going on a hiatus that these derbies aren't happening in, in 2021, 2022 and beyond. Um, they, they are awesome events, you know, just this, this average event, alone, you know, that the things that they do with the money raised from the derby are just phenomenal. You know, they put over 30,000 coho into the sky much every year. Mm-hmm. Um, they put on countless kids fishing events during the spring and the summer. Um, they plant trout. Um, they even have a fish carcass program that I've been lucky enough to participate on a few times where we uh, pick up um, fish at the hatchery and we take them up river and plant them up river in the pill chest to, to give those to, to send those nutrients downstream to the next generation of fish. Yeah. Um, you know, just so many great things. That's just, that's just one example. I mean, that's just the Everett Steelhead and Salmon Club, but all of these derbies are put on by uh, primarily fishing um, groups such as Puget Sound Anglers that, that really exist just to promote fishing and, uh, and especially, you know, um, get the kids out on the water. That's always important. Yeah, yeah, excellent point. Uh, before we let you go, I'd be a little remiss if we didn't mention the effort you folks are putting in at Northwest Marine Trade Association as we roll into 2022. Looking forward to bringing back the Seattle Boat Show, boots on the ground, actual walkthrough in the venue. Talk a little bit about that as we get to look forward to once again attending a boat show. Absolutely. We are so excited to have the boat show back in person at Lumen Field. Uh, formerly CenturyLink Field and Event Center. We'll be there at Lumen Field, um, and we also have a second location that'll be new for this year at Bell Harbor Marina, right down there on the Seattle waterfront. Mm. Um, the dates are a little later this year than we've been for the for the last 75 years. This is actually our 75th anniversary oh, wow. this year. Um, um, yeah, I was going to do the math, but I won't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Track back 70. I want to say it's 1948. Yeah, something started, like that. But, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah uh, but yeah, so our 75th anniversary, and we got a new venue we're playing this year uh, at Bell Harbor Marina there on the waterfront. So we're really we're really excited to be back in person and doing that. And, and like I was saying, yeah, a week later, February 4th, 12th, um, the NFL added another game. So we, after. 75 years of being at the end of January. We're now uh, the first week of February, yep. but it'll be great. So. Yeah, looking forward to that for sure. Uh, I know last year, moderately or highly successful in regards to the online training and classes that folks were able to take advantage of. Um, how many classes, you know, you buy that package deal, how many uh, seminars and whatnot they were able to attend via online. Very successful, and I'm hoping, you know, some of that stuff still holds true you guys can hopefully double down and, and get some of that info out there for those that can attend. But we definitely want to see people walking in the building and, and enjoying all that it is. So uh, hats off absolutely. to you for getting that all together. You bet. Um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. With that, uh, you know, I think that should have compelled a few folks to, you know, get their wallet out, get their checkbook out. Let's <laughs> uh, get signed up. And uh, for a good reason, uh, as you mentioned, where the money goes and if nothing else, it's just a heck of a lot of fun to get out there, especially with the abundance of coho right now. Get involved with this derby. It goes to a good cause, and you stand a chance to walk away with that beautiful boat, take that baby home, 
um, and change change your uh, change your outlook uh, on the water. So, <laughs> anyhow, I appreciate Absolutely. you taking time with me once again, Carson. I know you're extremely busy, so uh, anytime I get you on the phone, it's it's uh, it's a win for me. Absolutely, always a pleasure, Dwayne. Thank you. All right, man. Have a great evening. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. You bet. Bye. All righty, there we go, Carson McIntosh, Communications Director, Northwest Marine Trade Association. Uh, just a heck of a great guy to get to know and all the things they're doing up there through their uh, through their operation, Northwest Marine Trade Association. If you haven't checked them out, go to their Facebook page, see what they have going on. They constantly are putting out information on events coming up, things that they're involved with. And I'm telling you, the boat show is going to be like none other. Uh, manufacturers are just chomping at the bit to get their new line of products and their new uh, boats into the 2022 season coming out to show you all the things, innovations that they've done the last two years because obviously physically we couldn't walk through that boat show last year so i'm looking forward to that all right we're gonna jump out for a quick break we come back i've been looking forward to this conversation with just this gentleman for a couple weeks we finally got a an evening pinned down where he could join us uh good friend tom ryle of northwest bow hunting is going to join us we're going to break it down for you deer elk archery, muzzleloader, calling for elk as we roll through this part of the season, and some techniques you need to be aware of to be successful on, on these blacktail in pursuit of those. So don't go anywhere. Stick through the couple-minute break. We come back. We'll have Tom Ryle on the phone to get you set up for success right here at Fish on Northwest. A Northwest favorite for almost 40 years, Arima boats are manufactured with pride right here in Bremerton, Washington. Arima Boats offers all of our boats with Honda outboard packages so that you can take full advantage of the reliability and five-year top-to-prop warranty from your Honda outboard. With literally thousands of Arima boats on the water throughout the Pacific Northwest, Arima boats are a proven hull design that offers incredible fuel economy and all of the amenities that a serious angler is looking for. All Arima boats are built without any structural wood materials. That is why we back our boats with a lifetime warranty. All of our Arima boats are designed to maximize deck space while also providing ample seating. Contact us today at Arima Boats for all your boating needs and let us help you get out on the water.
end of watch ride to remember is a group from the state of Washington traveling across the country to honor fallen officers from 2019. End of watch organizer Jagrut Shah says they want to show departments who've lost partners and friends they are not alone. I wanted to bridge this uh, gap that we have and bring back to the department, let the, the deputies or the officers know that their lost has not been forgotten. In 2019, 146 officers were killed in the line of duty. An end of watch ride to remember is on a mission to pay their respects to each of them. For us, it's just important realizing that the men and women in blue everywhere should remember that they haven't been forgotten. We're not forgetting them. We want the families to know that their loved ones have not been forgotten. Yep. Hey, welcome back. Fish on Northwest. Wayne England here flying solo. No big deal. Plenty of content, plenty of folks to talk to. One of those individuals, Tom Ryle, uh, is on the phone with us. No stranger to this show. Pacific Northwest Bow Hunting is his, uh, is his uh, social media site, Facebook site. And Tom, I know you're a busy guy with work and everything that you got going on, but you're taking time out this evening to talk a little hunting, which is something you and I always look forward to. So thanks for uh, jumping on tonight. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So here we are. We're sitting on the uh, the last day or so of archery season for deer. Um, we're going to roll into muzzle loader starting tomorrow, actually, the 25th, uh, or Saturday the 25th. And um, I keep thinking tomorrow's the 20th. Saturday the 25th. And, of course, uh, we also can look forward to muzzle loader opportunity on elk now, uh, October 2nd through the 8th. So, first of all, let's kind of... Let's kind of talk about this transition from archery to muzzleloader, and or if you have a multi-season tag and still are going to archer, uh, you basically don't take a break. You get to just roll right on in here, this next little stint of opportunity, and this little change of weather we got. You know, what do you, what do you think these deer characteristic behavior of these deer are going to be as we get out of this dry season now and kind of in more favorable, cloudy, and some wet conditions? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a time of transition right now. Um, you know, one thing you've probably all noticed too, especially if you're out fishing is man, you're waking up to, it was like 38 degrees the other day. Yeah. Um, so we're seeing the big temperature swings coming out of months of really hot weather. Uh, you know, a lot of deer and elk will build bed through the summer pretty much from as much as possible. They'll, they'll seek shade and cool weather and thermal cover under the big canopy of trees and whatnot down in the, the drainages. Um, but now that we're transitioning, we've gotten a good couple of doses of rain. We got more on the way. Um, you know, food's still plentiful. Uh, elk are still rutting. Um, obviously it's uh third week of September, which is, is, is just really kind of the peak breeding for elk. Um, I always remember Jim Zumbo, you know, when I was a kid growing up reading outdoor life, he always going to his seminars and stuff. He'd always say, you know, September 22nd is kind of the magic date for, for the elk rut. And mm. I've always kind of used that as a sort of a pin in the ground or a stake in the ground. And I've seen it vary a lot in Washington and Oregon and other States I've hunted. Um, you know, there's just sort of the age old debate, but basically you get in the third week of September and elk are pretty cranked up. Just got to find them. They're herded up pretty good. As far as elk though, or excuse me, deer, um, you know, we've got the high buck hunt that's, uh, going on for a couple more days. Mm -hmm. Um, that's going to be some, some cool, cooler temperatures. Um, 
with the rain and and whatnot feed still real good so that's that's i'm interested to see i saw a couple bucks uh posted uh lee geist had a nice black tail look like uh, oh, yeah. a couple days ago mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i think it's a, it's definitely transition period uh for deer you know it's it's going to be typical early and late um bucks are not going to be thinking about breeding right now um not right. even close when right. we get to mid-october then they start turning the screws a little bit on their testosterone and they start rubbing and, and, you know, doing a lot more, uh, you know, pecking order sorting out amongst their, uh, their, their buck friends of summer. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think muzzy deer is, uh, is just a continuation kind of of archery, early archery tactics. You know, you've got early and late travel patterns, speed patterns, uh, looking for that sort of opportunity. I think for muzzy elk, um, people think of the rut, you know, in September, but I bugle a lot of elk in October. So I wouldn't be putting the calls away. I would be considering though the herd dynamics right now, you've got most of the herd bulls are established with those cows, Mm -hmm. meaning a lot of the satellite bulls that were running around in the early part of September with a few cows have been pushed out. They've done the the hard work of collecting some cows and then herd bulls come in and push them out. Mm-hmm. So you've got a good opportunity to call in satellite bulls, uh, using cow calls and, and lost calf calls and things like that. Non-aggressive calling. Uh, we'll pull in a lot of those three and four point raghorn bulls. If you're going after a herd bull, then you're want to, you're going to want to get as close as you can to his cows. And then you're going to want to use, you know, kind of a Joel Turner's technique of, of, of a bull calling cow. So it's a different sound and it's a different, uh, it's a short raspy bugle that's basically telling those cows, Hey, I want you to come over here. And at that point, you're pretty much picking a fight with that herd bull and by talking to his ladies. So that's a, that's probably, uh, the best technique that you can utilize here in this, uh, muzzleloader early muzzleloader season yeah that's a good point so you you got your eyes set on that herd bull and as opposed to just flat out challenging him you're going to uh just make him confrontational by simply trying to draw his ladies away yeah i mean Mm -hmm. it's yeah you know joel joel does such a great job explaining this but if you think about what's happening you've got a herd bull with his with his women right he's got his ladies all herded up Mm -hmm. and then you're going to get in close and you're going to start talking to his ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not challenging him directly. Right. You're trying to, you're, you're talking to his harem and yeah. he isn't going to like that one bit. And, and that's where you'll get more of an aggressive response from a herd bull, as opposed to a lead cow taking the herd away. Uh, when you, when you're just out there locator bugling and, and then you get close to a herd and you keep bugling, um, that bull isn't, has no interest in messing around with you, uh, as, a, as an outside satellite bull right. and his cows don't have any interest in that. So, uh, oftentimes that's why these herds are, are pulling away from callers. You find that, uh, that, uh, that kind of that meager little, Hey, I'm over here. Cow type calling can really, uh, pique the interest of those satellite bulls. Yeah. I mean, I've called in a lot of, um, a lot of I've called in little groups of spikes even you know three Mm. or four spikes running around together using calf calls Um, and I've called in lost calves uh, calves I've called in uh, cows I've called in small herds with a bull in tow 
Um, if you're looking to fill tags, I, I, I feel like one of the best techniques you can use in October calling is, is calf calling and, and really just, uh, you know, trying to locate elk visually in a clear cut at daylight or, or in the evening, uh, moving in close and then setting up and doing some lost calf calling and, or just, you know, kind of, uh, social calls. Yeah. The other thing to keep in mind is fall bear and cougar. I mean, those mm. predators key in on calf sounds. I've called in bears, uh, numerous times doing this and, uh, un- not even trying to. So, um, if you've got that bear or cougar tag in your pocket, uh, keep that at the ready and watch your back. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, let's jump back to deer. So, as you said, you know they're they're quite a ways away here from really starting to get uh, a little bit of a uh, little bit of fire under him. And so, you shouldn't be surprised right now to see a few bucks running around together, right? Yeah, I've even seen uh, you know even three you know three point bucks these uh, three and a half year olds, four and a half year old bucks running around together well into mid October, mm-hmm. uh, even though they're laying down rubs and they're starting to figure out who's who they're still pretty social at that time. They, they do become more solitary, but they will, they will tolerate each other in their same ranges. Um, but that, you know, that last week in October and even going into that third week in October, that's when you've got territories are being established pretty heavily with lots of rubs being laid down, uh, lots of, it's more of a buck uh, pecking order time yeah. period than a, mm-hmm. than a rut time period. This is like that pre-rut phase. Yeah. Um, it's not the, it's not really even the seeking or chasing phase of the rut. And I got breakdowns on the whole rut timing and all that on my website. If people want to go and look at that, I've got some of this black tail stuff kind of right. documented. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, if you're looking at um, rifle season, for example, on black tails, October 16th to the 31st. If you have to prioritize your time off and, and request time off, I suggest you do that the last, you know, four to five days of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, that is your best opportunity at catching a, a real, uh, you know, jaw dropper of a buck during legal shooting light. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. We've talked about that often. If I am uh, right now, if I am, it got a multi-season tag in my pocket, and as we roll into muzzleloader for deer here on the 25th, uh, but I'm going to continue to shoot archery. What are some things that I need to do to try and either cross paths with a deer? Any any opportunity for me, I kind of know what you're going to say here, but any opportunity for me to try to draw one in? I mean, they're not really responsive to anything right now, are they? Yeah, I don't do a lot of calling right. in, in sort of this this early season, um, I would actually be well into my trail cam game right now trying mm-hmm. to find bedding areas and travel routes between bedding and feeding areas because, it, again, you're still sort of in that summer pattern and, and bucks aren't really interested in does. So, um, you know, kind of backing up from now, I would I would have been putting in the time with cameras and, and scouting from a distance or whatever techniques you have available to you to try to put yourself in those transition uh, routes between bedding and feeding and, um, and considering the weather, right? Um, now that we have this cooler weather, deer will stay active more during the daylight hours. Mm. They will be uh, out a little later in the morning. They'll come out a little earlier in the evening, especially if we get rain. I mean, blacktails especially love rain. Uh, they, they're quite active in the rain. Um, 
on the east side of the state, you know, looking at mule deer and white-tailed deer, uh, you know, they've had a, a brutal summer. Uh, there's plenty of information out there right now uh, on blue tongue and and some of the some of the diseases that are affecting uh, our deer herds, you know, due to the hot weather and other things. But at the end of the day, um, it's you're still on the on the east side or central part of the state. I think I know they've had some rain, but I think you're still looking at very dry conditions. And uh, I would be seeking water sources uh, yeah. across the board: blacktails, whitetails, mule deer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that was kind of my next question, but you jumped right to it. Is yeah, you know, a water source is still a great uh, option to utilize in patterning them deer and trying to figure out what time of day they may come across that water hole on a consistent basis. And again, relying on your trail cam set up in an appropriate area to gauge that, and you're probably going to find some success. So, uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm a little late in my game this year, but I. I fully intend on actually going to take some time tomorrow, I'll go relocate some cameras and try to get a scope on some things going on and some public land down the street here. Uh, kind of keep my eyes on it, you know, and I guess right now it's about the best you can do um, and try and just, you know, put your plan together. I, the uh, the advantages of having a multi-season tag just cannot be overemphasized, man. It's, it's a great opportunity yeah. for a deer hunter um, in all facets, whether you want to just archery hunt the entire season and or take advantage of, you know, different techniques, uh, everything from muzzleloader, shotgun, rifle, because uh, we know our buddy Steve, man, shotgun, right? Shotgun or nothing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. which uh, he convinced me. I mean, you kill a deer with a shotgun, it's kind of an interesting, interesting concept, but it is extremely doable and a heck of a lot of fun. So, yeah, um, absolutely. And, and you know, the multi-season, I actually drew it this year, but I haven't drawn it for a number of years. But mm-hmm. if you put in for the multi-season deer tag, and you do not draw that tag, um, you're you because you put in. You're eligible to buy a leftover, right? And 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 it's a you know it's going to cost you a hundred and some odd dollars. But in my mind, what is your time worth, right? Yeah, right. So if I take and and look at the cost of that hundred and thirty bucks or whatever it is to get me from September to basically December thirty first mm-hmm. uh, with my bow across a number of different game management units. Um, that's just extending my opportunity. And I've talked about that a lot, but a lot of yeah. people don't realize that you have to put in for the tag sure. to be eligible to buy it over the counter or exchange your, your general season tag. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it's $6 to put in for the application. If you don't get yeah. it, you get a point. And chances are, if you don't get it one year within the next year of putting it in for twice, you know, two years in a row, oftentimes you're going to find you get that then it's your option to purchase it or not. You can leave your points stacking up or you can purchase it. And to your point, I know uh, at, one, at one time, Barnum and I broke it down through that season, early September all the way through December 31st and bouncing around in different game units, uh, hunting east and west side, taking advantage of the type of weapon choice during that particular time and or sticking exclusively with archery. It doesn't matter because you can do it all under your multi-season, but it ends up being mm-hmm. about a buck a day. Because you end up paying yeah. 130 or so for that tag, and you literally get somewhere between 125 to 130 days of eligibility to actually pursue deer. There is no other tag, I th- you know, that's going to give you that option. <laughs> yeah, multi-season elk is great, but it doesn't give you that many days of hunting. It's unbelievable how many days you actually get. Yeah, and the multi-season elk is obviously a more sought-after uh, right. tag that people put in for. 
And they're typically, you know, there's the whole process for that is, you know, not to oversell the opportunity. Oftentimes there's leftovers, right? And, and there's so many applicants that they just basically lower the, they, they have the draw results. They, right. Those are, they're solid. So all they do is, is, you know, move the bar down further when they have, say there's an extra 26 tags available. They just take the next 26 people in order of the draw and, and call those folks up and say, Hey, guess what? You, you know, you you got an opportunity to buy this yeah. tag and, and yeah, it's a great opportunity. The other thing I was going to say too, and I don't know if this applies to too many folks, but I've been busy as all get out. I haven't put out cameras. I haven't done my normal scouting. However, I have, I did a bunch last year, right? So if you, if you haven't gotten out and done a lot of scouting, but you're still hunting the same areas you've hunted before, Deer, I tend to think of deer like largemouth bass. I mean, you find a good buck in a thicket or a swamp or, you know, in a saddle on a ridge top somewhere, you know, bucks like buck habitat, yeah. you know, just like bass like certain habitat. And you can, you can leverage that and you can go into the season with a lot of confidence that if you saw a good buck or you located a good rub somewhere, uh, if you have any intel on the area you're hunting that's from the past, you can you can bank on that a little bit unless there's been a fire or development or logging or some other disruption to the area. You can hunt with confidence that you can step in there blind and kind of, you know, know that you're in the game. And and I've done that and it's paid off and I'm doing it this year. I Like I said, I haven't done a lot of scouting, but I'm going to go hang a stand here pretty quick. And I'm going to put it in the same tree I put it last year because I saw one of the biggest black tail <laughs> buck fights I've ever seen right. from that stand yeah, yeah. last year. Yeah. And uh, just hoping to get a crack, you know. Yeah, Adam. absolutely. So. Yeah, uh, sound uh, information as always, Tom. Appreciate it. Uh, really good stuff. So don't be a stranger. Going to get you back in here in studio and really drill down on some of this black tail info as we get later in season. And if, uh, if your employer allows you to jump on in here, man, really want to kind of walk through the progression of calling, rattling, all the things that you're so good at that we can really uh, open person's eyes to an appropriate time of year when they should be utilizing those techniques to draw those deer to their advantage. So really good stuff, buddy. Yeah. Appreciate you taking the time tonight. Yeah, thanks. Uh, appreciate being on and good seeing you and talking to you. And uh, take care. We'll be in touch. You got it, man. All right. Have a great evening. You too. Thanks, right, Wayne. Bye. Tom Ryle, Pacific Northwest bow hunting. Check him out if you have not on his social media. He's got a lot of great information on there. And um, he's written a lot of blogs. And if you haven't followed him, you need to because it's progressional through season. And oftentimes he continues to release blogs or re-ups his blogs uh, and information. As we progress on through that uh, hunting season, especially blacktail season, he is a master in an art of uh, uh, pursuit of blacktail. And really when it comes to calling when to use scent or appropriate scent uh, in different different fashions and, of course, rattling and all those things that we've covered in the past. But we will cover again because it's very dynamic and always, uh, always changing. Hey, thanks for joining us here on the Fish on Northwest weekly podcast. I want to remind everyone that you can catch our weekly live stream show on our Facebook page and, of course, our YouTube channel every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. West Coast time. You'll get our insightful in-studio interviews, our extremely detailed how-to segments in the bait lab, the infield segments we bring to you when we're on the water or in the woods, and of course, our amazing cooking recipes in the kitchen with co-host Sherry England and chef 
Jeff Maxfield. Give us a follow on our Facebook page at Fish Hunt Northwest. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fish Hunt NW. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. And finally, go to our webpage at www.fishhuntnw.com for all the latest and greatest info. Join us each week here on our podcast. Join us each week at our live production. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.